You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. thought about hanging by a thread my first thought was actually two things from early childhood which is obviously a long time ago Uh, the first one was when your teeth wobble you know your milk teeth and then they sort of end up just kind of dangling there and I was later on a teacher and the number of children who've come up and gone "Uh, uh, uh." Mrs Spencer look at my hooves but Unlike my mum, I've never gone in another child's mouth and whacked the tooth out, which my mum did. My second um, one was actually something I've not seen on children for a long time, and that was having warts on my knee. Now, warts for young people, they were some, they're like a veruca, but they go out rather than in, and they can be anywhere. Mine was on my knee, and... In those days, you would run home for your dinner, which dinner hour was about an hour and a half. So you could run home for a mile, have your dinner, walk back and still be in time for afternoon school. Unfortunately, I made a habit of falling over halfway home. And consequently, there were a lot of things hanging on threads from my knee until I sold them to my grandfather for a penny and they disappeared. Marvellous. So I thought, well, you can't really tell that for long. That's two rather short things. So I have brought something that plays an increasingly large part in my life and with which somebody else in the room is extremely tolerant. (laughs) Sewing. Uh, I don't know how many people have sewing kits or sewing machines today in this hall, But if I'd done it in the 60s, somebody would have been unusual if they hadn't had a sewing kit at home in their flat or in their house. Because you always had to be ready to sew on buttons, you had to mend rips because clothes were make-do and mend times. Um, So sewing kits were very common. And then clothes got cheaper Sewing went off the curriculum at school, and nowadays it's mainly older women, in my experience, who do a lot of sewing. And a lot of it actually goes back in time to hand sewing. And it is an extremely therapeutic thing to do, partly, I think, because as you get older and things go wrong, you have more patience to go take it out and start again, whereas when I was young, if it went wrong, I just chucked it, and more tolerance was needed. (laughs) I have brought brought a prop here today, and this is really what I want to tell about. This is a quilt. It is a very nearly finished quilt. It's just got two rows of thread to be stitched across the top here, and it's done. It's, it's a whole cloth quilt. It's not been sewn together in little bits. 
It's just a piece of fabric that my dear friend Christine drew a pattern on in white tailor's chalk and then started to stitch. It's a Pontypreeth um, cot quilt and Christine was from South Wales and I was from North Wales, but we did not hold that against each other because we met in Swaffham, Norfolk, and the being Welsh was more important than anything else. So we met in 1979. She should have met me in 1978, but she was very ill uh, and was away for a whole year, which is unbelievable that she ever came back, but she did, and we got on and we taught together. We were both quite artistic. We liked making a lot of art with the children and telling stories and that sort of thing. But eventually I went to another school and she stayed in Swaffham and then she went to another school and we saw less and less of each other. But we did keep in touch. And when I retired in 2006, she came to my party and she said, Leah, why don't you come to the sewing group next week? I'd probably had a few glasses of wine by then, and I wasn't quick enough to say, I'm going to the doctors or anywhere else. So I found myself in the Catholic church rooms in Swaffham on a Wednesday afternoon, sitting around a very large table with lots of women either knitting or sewing. And I thought, oh, has it come to this? <laughs> but you never know what you're going to hear in a sewing group. Do not be, I don't know, confused by the outer appearance of the older woman. Uh, we've had many things said, including the day that Brenda said, do you know, we used to have sex on the sofa, but now... He sits there holding the yarn, and I wind it into balls. And I, <laughs> that is life. Anyway, Christine started this quilt in about 2020. It took her ages to mark it out. It was done during her final period of being ill. This woman was the most amazing woman you could meet. I think the doctors wrote her off in 1978, and she was still going at 2020. She reached 70. She had a very rare thing, and in the end, she, she lost... Well, I don't like lost the fight. She, she died, but she had left half a quilt. Now... Women in the sewing groups that I go to cannot bear anything going to waste. So I saw Lawrence and I said, Lawrence, have you got the last quilt that Christine was making? And he said, yes, Leah, I do. I said, could I have it and finish it? Because I couldn't bear to think of it going to a charity shop and being put in something at the back to go out for recycling. So I got it. I got it, I got the thread, and I carried on. She had, done, she had done most of it, and it is a wonderful achievement. Um, so if she woke in the night, if she woke in the night feeling, 
oh, I can't sleep, oh, I'm in pain, or whatever. She'd get up, make a cup of tea, sit down, and do some stitching. And for those who haven't tried it, it is, I think I said earlier, very therapeutic. You can't rush it. It's not like a sewing machine. One foot on the wrong pedal on a sewing machine, you're off. Hand sewing in, out, in. It's a bit like walking. It's at a pace. And you remember things, you look forward to things, you think about the people you've made things for. It's a very complex thing, but looks so simple. Anyway, I am now a week away from finishing said quilt. And it's going to go, oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Noodle. Um, it's not going to go out there and be sat on a bed in my house. No, it's, it's not even going for sale. It's going to be raffled. I have found 100 Welsh names, put them on a grid, and they, uh, people in the Swaffham area are going to be asked, if not told, to buy a square for two pounds, and the resulting 200 pounds will go to target ovarian cancer which will be a great thing. And she would be pleased. She would be proud because she made things for me to sell for that charity. So I know Christine will be happy. I'll be happy. And hopefully somebody else will be happy. I'll take it to sewing group on Thursday so that everybody who knew her who goes there will see me do the finishing stitches. We'll all talk about her. And then we'll eat cake. She'd want it. And then we'll talk a bit more, and then we'll do a bit more sewing. And then, in the end, somebody will say something outrageous, and we'll all scream with laughter. And people walking by outside will think, what the hell is going on? And um, actually, who knows what it will be? I spoke to, to the three women at a WI recently, and they said, oh, we love getting together and talking. We love it. Last time, we talked about eating, farting, and orgasms. <laughs> so hang on in there. The 70s are not that bad. <laughs> True Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website truestorieslive.co.uk.